I just, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not good enough. I don't, I love myself. Why can't I get these things right? I'm so exhausted. It's really overwhelming. People don't notice me and I don't make a difference. I'm just not going to amount to, to end to anything. I actually have a lot to offer. I am a good friend. I'm not alone. God chooses me. I'm compassionate and caring. I'm a child of God. Well, what is up, tribe? How are we doing tonight? Good. So we are in the second to last week of our new playlist series. We're in the last week. Last week, Parker, he beautifully talked about fear and what's it look like to pursue peace when we're afraid and when, when we're going through storms and what's it look like to try and fix our eyes on Jesus. And so tonight, I want to talk about quieting the critic, dealing with thoughts, outer and inner thoughts. This is such an important topic because all of us have so many influences telling us what to think, how to feel, how to act. We are going to be influenced one way or another, by Christ or by something else, the world. Influenced by the music that you listen to, to be influenced. Reality TV, TikTok influencers, YouTube, whatever it is, you're going to be influenced. And it is so important that we allow Christ to define us. So the layout I have, the plan for tonight is to, one, identify who the critic is, the outer and inner critic. Two, we're going to look at Scripture to see that we had people in the Bible that also struggled with negative thoughts. And then we're going to look at Scripture that shows God, God's character, how he cares for us, how he loves us. And then four, we're going to look at how to hear God's voice over the enemy, some practical application. So first, let's define who the outer and inner critics are. So we'll start with what the outer critic is not. The outer critic is not a parent or guardian that loves you and wants the best for you, even though it may not feel like it. I was an angsty teenager once, so I understand. I'm 21 now, and it took me about 19 years to get it. A friend that loves you and looks to lovingly correct you if you seem to be falling off the path towards Christ. That is not an outer critic. And it's funny, we often confuse love for hate. But if that person really didn't like you, they would not try to help you or correct you. An outer critic is a person or thing that repeatedly makes you doubt yourself or see yourself as less than what God says that you are. The same thing as an inner critic applies. And a lot of the inner critic is actually you, influenced heavily by the enemy. See, Satan is looking to fill your mind with unhealthy thoughts. Satan literally means adversary. He is opposing us. He's looking to obstruct your healthy way of living. So you have thousands upon thousands of thoughts in a single day. What if most of these thoughts are negative? And when we let these thoughts repeat in our mind, we, we step out of God's will for us. Or we, feared, we feel depression, or we feel sadness, or we feel fear, you won't look in Scripture and find that that's what God wants for you. He wants joy for you. Two, we allow the enemy to gain ground. 
John 10.10, 10, it says that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants you to be full of anxiety, to be full of fear. And not just steal it, but he wants to kill and destroy you. He wants you to just be obliterated, to not even be thinking about God, that God is just an afterthought. That's the same when trafficking is okay with murder, the same enemy that is okay with human trafficking. It's the same guy that wants you to suffer. And we know God is a victor, and we know how the story ends, but I would be a fool to tell you that the enemy doesn't have any power. And then when we let these thoughts repeat in our mind, it changes how we act towards others, right? We start comparing ourselves. We start hitting on each other. We get a little bit more harsh. And so for me personally, a thought that I used to have repeat in my mind a lot was body image issues. So in high school, I entered my freshman year standing at a towering five foot two and weighing a whopping 100 pounds. It affected, for me, it affected my sports. I played, I played baseball, so I couldn't throw very hard or hit the ball very far. And I played basketball, so every time I tried to shoot a layup, it got blocked. I would think, and you're not, you're not good looking. Nobody's gonna date you, you're shorter than all the girls. You look like a skeleton. You look gross. And if you had to stand up for yourself or stand up for someone, stand up for yourself or someone else, you would not be very intimidating. And see, if we think biblically, I'm not by myself. We have plenty of stories of people doubting themselves. So we think, think of Moses, right? Classic example of doubting himself, right? We look in the Old Testament, God chooses... Moses, he says, I'll send you to Pharaoh, bring my people out of Egypt. Moses says to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God affirms him. He's like, I'll be with you. It's fine. Just go. Moses says, but I have a speech problem. I I can't articulate. I've got a stutter. And God is like, I'll be with your mouth. I'll teach you what to speak. It's going to be fine. Please just go. Moses says, please. Let it be someone else. And God says, fine, take your brother Aaron with you. And we know how that story ends. Moses ends up going, and God still ends up using him. But that fear of, and I'm not good enough, God, I am not that talented. I'm not smart enough. I'm not popular enough. God, why can't I look like him or her? I'm not special. And that's debilitating. And you find yourself without joy. You feel that you're not enough. See, if we allow our negative thoughts to rule us, we will always, always struggle with negative thoughts and never be enough. And the truth is, you will always struggle with negative thoughts, but it's all about what you do with them. See, for me, my body image issue is not resolved. It's a lot better, but I still struggle. See, I go to the gym, I compare my body to other guys that have the physique, the physique that I would like to have. At the gym, I have to stop myself from watching other people lift because they might be lifting more than me. Sometimes in the morning or at night, I have to tell myself, walk away from the mirror because it, I, it's not going to give me the body I want if I keep staring at it. 
And sometimes when it gets really bad, I dislike even my facial features. You know, in sixth grade, I, I was playing a game in the gym, fell flat on my face. My nose is a little bit crooked. That's fine. But I had, to, I had to overcome those thoughts. I had to change the way that I saw myself, or I would never find peace with myself. Instead of saying, oh, Lucas, you look bad, I would pray for God to help me, to help me, sorry, to help me how he sees me. I told myself, hey, you are perfectly healthy. You can walk. You can run. Praise God for that. You're short now, but maybe you'll grow. I don't know. See, the truth is, there's no such thing as enough. No matter how intelligent you are, you funk a test and you think, I'm pretty incompetent. No matter how talented you are, you compare yourself and think, you're below average, or I wish I had that talent. No matter how strong you are, you always wish that you were stronger and consider yourself weak. But that is the world. That is the enemy, the inner critic. There are plenty of other things that I struggle with, but I have learned to, one, take those thoughts captive, right? What I say? Get out of the mirror. Take that thought captive. Why do you feel the way you feel? Where did that thought come from? And then remind myself of how God defines me. He made me in his image. So that's what we want to teach you tonight, is that God sees you as enough. He created you as enough. So we'll be in the book of Matthew for our main scripture reading. We'll be in reading Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 31. And it reads, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Some of you probably thinking, Lucas, I have no idea what you just said. So let's make this make sense. That accentuations are made here. Let's start with the first. So sparrows are birds that essentially had no value. They were incredibly cheap. The poorest of Jews would eat them. So they basically had no use. But they are also fed and taken care of by nature, how God ordained it to. And this is not a single one will die without God knowing about it. And we continue on. We read verse 30 again. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. God cares about you all the way down to the smallest of details. He doesn't care just about your big victories and the big failures. He knows all about the little things. He cares all about the little things. The enemy doesn't care about any of that stuff. The enemy cares about if you're falling into sin that you struggle with. He cares about if you see yourself as less. He cares about you becoming anxious and letting that fuel into fear, depression, sadness. God considers everything about you important. If it's important to you, it's important to him. You are worth more than the sparrows. God loves you. And you have so much worth and value to God. You are enough. God loves you and he knows what you've done. He knows the things that you've said behind closed doors. He knows the mistakes that you've made. He knows you ultimately. And he still wants to help you avoid anything that will hurt you and lead you to everything that is good. 
You are enough. So I have another scripture reading. It's, it's Psalm chapter 139, verse 14. And it says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, God hates sin, but he loves you. He wants you to live a life full of joy. And it's great to hear, oh, God loves you. God says that you are enough. But it doesn't always feel like that. It's up to us to shift how we think, how we see ourselves. So a few things to help you hear God over the enemy, over the critics. One, start noticing when those bad thoughts come in. Right? Scripture says to take every thought captive. You have a thought that makes you feel doubtful about yourself, about your talents, about how you look. Take that thought captive. Where did that come from? Is that God speaking? And if it makes you feel not joy, it makes you feel fear and depression, it's probably not from God. And so after you're taking those thoughts captive, replace that with how God sees you. Look at Scripture. We said earlier, God made you in His image. Read Psalm 139.14. I'll praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He looked at his creation and he saw that it was good. And then three, pray. Pray to see yourself how God sees you. Pray those positive truths over your life. See, whenever you, when you struggle to believe that you are enough, do these things to remind yourself of how God sees you. So right now, I'm going to ask our tribe leaders to begin to line up on the sides to be available for prayer to anyone who feels that they need to talk and pray. So as I begin to pray, I want you all to bow your heads with your palms up. <clears throat> so students, go ahead, go ahead and close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads, and palms up if you feel comfortable. Leaders, I would ask that you extend a hand over our students. I would ask that you pray blessings over their life, pray over their negative thoughts as I pray. Let's pray. Father, I pray that I pray that we hear you the loudest. Above all evil, above all negative thoughts. Father, I thank you that. I thank you that you define us. I thank you that we're so important to you that you made us in your image. Father, I just pray, I pray over everyone in this room, all of our students, God, that you would just put a bubble of protection around their heart and mind. Lord, that you would, that you would protect them. Lord, that you would carry them through any anxious and fearful thoughts. Father, I pray that that your word sticks with us, that instead of negative thoughts and whispers from the enemy, that we hear your scripture, that we understand that we're fearfully, wonderfully made. Father, I thank you for the way that you love us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.